Maybe we could pray together just before we start to look at uh, our continued look at God's words. So let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity for us to um, take ourselves aside for a moment and just to look at what you're saying to us through this book um, in the Old Testament. Father, we pray that you'd help us just to understand what you're calling to each of us, saying to each of us as individuals. But Lord, I just pray for myself that you help me to relate this well and clearly and faithfully. So be with us and bless us in all that we will do this evening. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that overview of Ecclesiastes has helped you grasp something of the message of this book. The teacher, who's probably King Solomon, writes as, a, as if God was not involved in his life, as you heard. If you take God out of the equation, you'll find the meaning of life in something else or someone else. The teacher uses the term under the sun, which you'll see right at the end of our passage, which is on the screen. It expresses that God is above the sun. And when this phrase, under the sun, is used, it is looking at life as if God was not involved. You, in fact, would be living a life without the knowledge of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and therefore without a living hope of eternity. In these verses, the teacher explains to us what it ultimately is like to live under the sun, with no relationship with God. He shows us that it can be frustrating because there is an inability to call the shots or always to control our own affairs. I probably feel at times I am a bit OCD. In fact, probably the truth of it is I'm totally OCD. I like things in order. And it's one big lesson that I've learned over the years here in CE to trust others and to thank God for so many others who know better than me and usually will do things better than me. I thank, God, I thank God for you guys. It's really right and proper that God takes control and others lead the way. I do thank God for helping me to be less of a control freak than I possibly could be. Now in these verses, the teacher shows us the great frustration in life that is, is in our inability to control many things in our lives. We may often wish that things would have been different, but our plans maybe have not worked out properly for us. Obey the king's demands for you to obey whoever is in authority over you. No matter what they may say, you have to obey the king's demands. No matter what he may say, or ask of you. If you do that, then the writer says, life will be free of stress. The teacher tells us, don't dare stand out from the crowd. When you see or know of something that is wrong, no, keep your head down, and you will progress through life with little to challenge you. Verse 3 says, do not stand for or against a bad cause, because if you do, you'll run into trouble if you want a quiet life, then live under the sun, away from God's prompting in your life. And all may be sweet, but however, ultimately, it will be meaningless. The question is this, who has the authority in your life? 
It may cost you, in fact it will cost you, friends, maybe career, etc. When you stand against the crowd. Maybe some of you know who this guy is. He's been on the news today. That's a guy called Israel Falou. He's an Australian rugby player. He made a statement as a Christian that he didn't agree with the whole LBGT uh, area. And because of that, he may have done it quite loudly. He may have gone overboard a bit. But because of that, he's been sacked by the Australian Rugby Union. He's been put out into the cold because he raised his head and said, I don't agree with this. There are many things we will have to face up to, to where we could just live under the sun and not cause any storm, but in fact deny the lordship and the rule of Jesus Christ in our lives. (coughs) Verse 6 goes on to tell us that no man knows the future. Who can tell what is to come? In my last year at school, I broke my leg playing rugby. I was off for nearly three months. I didn't do very well in my exams and didn't get into what I hoped to do, which was medicine. At that time, I felt lost and confused. I probably didn't have a relationship with God that I should have had. I was possibly living under the sun and not in a relationship with God that I should have had. And I felt frustrated and to some extent meaningless. Things were out of control for me. Now, I happened to get into university the next year, but I always felt this sense of frustration because I'd lost control. Later, when I qualified, I had my life, as I thought, planned out. Again, probably not in fellowship with God the way I should be. I just presumed it would work out for me. My plan was to do surgery, become a consultant, live in Belfast, probably um, in the meantime find a wife who was foolish enough to look after me, probably have my 2.5 children, live somewhere off the Malone Road in Belfast. And the thought of that actually terrifies me that that could have happened to me. But I came home to work locally and probably felt a bit of a failure under the sun It was not a successful time for me. And yet, the son, in God's providence, it was he that wanted something for me. I was asked to be involved in CE, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. Guys, there are so many variables in our lives, and they can have huge impacts on our lives, but probably not as we have planned them out. And yet, God can step in. A broken leg a diversion from my thought of an ideal life scenario, living under the sun, it would have been eternally meaningless. And yet, above the sun, in God's, in a relationship with God, in his realm, I pray that it has been fruitful. Why? Because of God's good, loving grace to me and to all of us. If, however, you live life under the sun, that is, without regard or submission to God's rule, then what comes your way from bosses or friends or kings or rulers or circumstances is your lot. You have no control over them. 
Life becomes, as the teacher says, frustrating and meaningless. So when you take God out of the equation, the world rulers or the rulers of your world control the shots. If you live under the sun, the teacher says the best thing we can do is to keep your nose clean. Play by the rules that man have made. Don't rock the boat. Ignore all your principles and your sense of justice. Then you'll raise you will realize after a period of time how frustrating and meaningless life can be. But if you include God in your equation, bad things may still happen, but you're not under the rule of any man or woman, but in fact under the rule of the living God, who is a loving God, who reigns supreme over all powers and kingdoms. The first lesson that we see from these verses we learn is that we have to accept we cannot always control our circumstances and others may make decisions which will affect our lives. The second lesson the teacher wants us to understand we see in verse 7 and verse 8 and we'll read that together. Since no man knows the future, who can tell him what is to come? No man has the power over the wind to contain it, so no one has the power over the day of his death. He tells us that death pulls the trigger on our party. If we live under the sun, that's the beginning and the end of it. There's no hope. There's no resurrection message. It is just meaningless. If that was the only message of this book, then that would be cruel and lacking in godly hope grace. But the Bible tells us of the hope and joy we can experience even in this fallen world, but the joy we can experience into eternity. We all live naturally under the sun. Our lives are and have been shaped by sin, by ignoring our Creator God. That's in fact why many cannot understand why our world is the way it is. Our sin affects every part of our being, our minds, our hearts, and our bodies. It leads us to death. The Bible will, as as you read it and as explained to us, shine by the Holy Spirit into the darkness and confusion and meaninglessness of our minds and hearts. And this is by God's grace to help us suddenly or maybe gradually see its truth. And so in the light of the gospel, truth and hope are brought into our lives and things start to make sense. Do you know that, in fact, nearly every atheist believes in God? And nearly every atheist believes in eternity. All they have ever done is to suppress God's truth in their lives. A famous and very very vocal atheist called Huxley said this, and this is him, as you see on the screen. I have had a reason not to believe in God. I have had a reason not to believe in God. I just suppressed the truth of God in my life because it suited me 
my desire to live a sexually immoral life. I don't want to give an account to anyone, so I will just disbelieve in him that is God. I will just disbelieve in him out of existence. I've sadly seen it with friends, also with folk here in CE, who've not intellectually not believed. They just did not want to submit to God's rule in their lives because it just didn't suit their lifestyle. They desired, they tried all sorts of pleasures to satisfy their heart's desire. We, in fact, are made for God's pleasure, not for our own. We will have that ever-ongoing frustration in our lives until we find the ultimate pleasure in knowing that we are created by God and we are created for God and we are created for his glory. Your destiny and my destiny is that God made us for himself. God made you for a grand purpose and yet we often live life with no impact for his kingdom. Augustine, one of the famous hymn writers, put it like this. You made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. You made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. There is nowhere else that we can go to. There is no one else that we can go to. Remember the lady who came to the well in Samaria? She met Jesus She'd been looking for love in all the wrong places. She had five husbands and was living with another man. She just wanted a drink of water, but Jesus saw into her real need and he offered her a drink of spiritual water that would deal with her real needs, her real spiritual needs, and not her thirst. How could he do that? Well, Jesus, in fact, was on his way to the cross where he would drink the cup of death for her, where he would drink the cup of death for you, where he would drink the cup of death for me. He would take away her guilt, and he can take away our guilt. He would take away her shame, and he can take away our shame. He would take away her punishment, and he can take away our punishment for sin upon himself. He did that at the cross so that she and we can experience new life as Christ experienced death. We live not under the sun without God. We live above the sun with our Heavenly Father. What Jesus did for that woman, he's done for many who are here tonight. But he offers that gift of salvation to all of us who are still living their lives under the sun with no hope, and where life is ultimately and eternally meaningless. I mentioned Huxley, and there he is, this well-renowned atheist. He in fact died as a result of an overdose of LSD administered to him by his wife. And as he was dying, he died hallucinating about dear knows what. He died a sorry death without any hope. The day he died was the same day that actually President Kennedy was shot in Dallas, Texas. But another man died that day who was born in Belfast 
and wrote many wonderful books. C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. And this is part of his testimony of a man who lived his life above the sun in relationship with his heavenly father for many years. A life that ultimately was not meaningless, but God-honoring and transforming. And that was by the work of Jesus Christ at the cross. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Do we live our lives under the sun in rebellion to our creator God? Or do we fulfill our creative function and live in harmony with our loving God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us at the cross? Joy is the serious business of heaven. Let's pray together. Father, we've seen from your word that there are two dimensions for us. There's one living underneath the sun. In other words, living outside of a relationship with you, Heavenly Father. And therefore, in a relationship with leads, not to eternal life, but to judgment. But we can live a life because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross above the sun in relationship with you, Heavenly Father, not because of anything that we have done, but all because of what Jesus has done for us. So, Father, I just pray that we realize that there are many things in life we do not have control over. There are many things thrown in our direction that we find difficult. It is not what we planned for. And when we don't have you, Heavenly Father, they just become things that are meaningless and are an awful nuisance to us in our lives and causes frustration. But Lord, because of you, you can transform situations which seem to be terrible and make them into wonderful situations for us that bring us to live above the sun in relationship with you, Father, through Jesus Christ. And meaning that our lives will have a meaning our lives will not be full of frustration, but will be full of joy that will bring us eventually to fulfillment of our joy in heaven. So Father, I just pray for each one of us tonight. Maybe we're going through a situation where something has been thrown at us that's very difficult and we're struggling and we don't know what to do with it. And we're sitting looking at it and worried about it and We've never brought it to you, Father. I've never actually come and said, Father, look, take this issue. Help me to work through this. Help me to see what you have for me through this. Help me to live above the sun and see your plan for me through this. It may be a sickness, it may be an illness, maybe something that not many people know about, but it's not easy to bear. Father, help us just to see it in the light of your love for us. So will you transform this situation for being an awful burden to being something that we can learn something about you, Father. 
Maybe there's stress in homes or wherever. We're struggling with this, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you just help us to bring these situations, these relationships that are difficult. Maybe there's been something that's happened recently that's just been a difficult piece of information to bear. Maybe something with a loved one that you care for. You don't really know how to cope with it. And we've been internalizing this all the time instead of bringing it to you, Father. So in the quietness of this moment, I pray that each one of us, whatever the situation is, whether it's something personal for ourselves or whether it's for someone else that we know and love, and it's a massive burden for them, it's a massive shock to them, we pray, Lord, you just help us to, to hear you speak to us. Maybe for some as well who've decided that they're going to live under the sun, they're not going to live in any relationship with you, Father, they do not want to take you under account. They decided to go on their own. Lord, I just pray you to speak to them and help them to realize that through Jesus Christ they can know salvation and know real joy and know, know fulfillment in life and not live a life that is meaningless. So, Father, be with each one of us as we just, in the quietness this moment, bring these things to you.